Blog Talk Radio. And we have a kind of a cold night because we have a lot to fucking talk about. So much, in fact, I didn't invite any guests officially on the show. No, no guests. It's just going to be us, sexy witches, and my regular correspondents. So let me just go ahead and bring them all on. And why the fuck was I playing Frankenstein plays from Rocky Horror Picture Show? Well, that is because we went to Scares at Cares weekend with my... Taxi with co-host, and uh, first of all, she is from Clifton Forge, Virginia, a regular on the East Coast Horror Con circuit. Like I said, she was just with me at Scares of Cares in Williamsburg, Virginia, and uh, she's a horror fan. She also loves Marvel Universe. She's a featured zombie in the remake of Plan 9 from Out of Speak. So please welcome to the show the sexy porn witch, Erin Marie. How you doing? Now I'm doing great. You can't play Rocky and not expect me to sing along. Well, you know, tonight is a very musical night. I actually have three show tunes set up for the show tonight, so we'll play at least one of them. I'm not going to tell you our audience is going. Our audience is going to be a a treat then of my vocal abilities tonight. Oh well, okay, we'll see. So um, my other sexy witch co-host, she's on the East Coast, West Coast, and she's in Seattle, Washington. She's a writer for Living Dead Magazine, an aspiring filmmaker and published author. She's a horror geek to the extreme, a regular participant in live action role play, look for a wolfy attitude, and her personal writings on her popular blog and YouTube channels. Please welcome to the show my sexy werewitch co-host, Queenie Todd. How are you doing, sweetie? I'm all right. I'm hanging in there. <laughs> it's been a rough week. Oh, oh no, how the night. No, how, no, how, no, how. I can give you a how if you want one. Oh, you guys are. Okay, if you want a how, all right. Ready? Him. 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 I was going to give you one. Oh, yeah, well. Oh, yay. Oh, <laughs> 
that was the whole talk tonight. <laughs> oh my goodness, sexy wear witches in the house. Well, you know. Um, so, um, and I've got at least one other of my correspondents on the line, and I believe it, Aaron. Aaron, are you online? You're on with the sexy witch. Somebody's online. Five eight one eight area code. Who is that? Bonnie. Bonnie, 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 Bonnie. I don't know anybody's phone number. See, that's the problem. Bonnie, I don't get a preview. Is this fucking phone number? I've been on a few times. I had it on mute for a while to let y'all talk, but with the howling, I had to get in and howl. You probably thought it was Aaron. All right. So it was our whole pack. Howl for you my girl. You guys don't understand. I have nothing but phone numbers. And get this. It's 541-540-518. Oh, shit. Okay. 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 area code. So I never remember. Anyways, not really. <laughs> I just pull it out. Um, so, yeah. So let me bring on Bonnie. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, so peekaboo. Vampire here yeah. to see you. <laughs> oh, she is it. She's our actress and local model from upstate New York. Look at her media conventions and for her photo shoots. And matter of fact, she just posted one in the last couple of days, uh, getting ready it's to shoot a film, it looks like. Yeah, um, she's, um, she's going to talk about the first film she saw in the first week of Fantasia International Film Festival. And she's also going to give us a preview of the film she's going to see in the final week. So please welcome to the show our very sexy vampire witch of the North, Bonnie Pavoni, how are you doing, lady? I'm doing awesome now that I'm here with my sexy witches. Thank you so much for having me on again. Oh, always, always a pleasure to have Bonnie on the show. So uh, the only sexy witch we're waiting for is Erin. And as soon as we on, we'll talk about San Diego Comic-Con, but let's go ahead. Actually, Bonnie, why don't we lead off with you? Because once once Aaron and I go about scares that cares, you might not be able to stop us for a while. <laughs> okay. This is true. Um, so so let's go ahead well, and talk about Fantasia. And you saw four films, including two of the higher-profile movies on the on the list this year. So go for it, girl. I did. What did I got lucky. See? Um, well, first, of course, you know, high on the list for everybody, and then, of course, for our show in particular, was The Love Witch by Anna Biller, um, <laughs> kind of a technicolor sort of homage to 60s, 70s films, you know. Um, it was like Jess Franco, but different, you know, more comedy and stuff. It was different than I thought it was going to be. Um, it, maybe in, it maybe ran a little tiny bit too long, but it was, it was really good. Super funny, super funny, and just you can't say too much without giving it away. It's it's a lot of the same, but you don't really get sick of it. And it's it's got clever things to say, in my opinion, about excuse me about feminism. And to me, to me, it really struck me as talking about you know, finding a balance between um, you know, devotion to your loved one or, you know, a.k.a. the beach or independence, you know, or a.k.a. or mechanistic roles. Because the, the two, the love, which she is very, very, she's super devoted. She's in love with love. So she actually doesn't despise these men. She's killing them by accident because she just fucking loves them so much. So, you know, the ultimate, you know, you know, thing being that, you know, like Michael Gingold said very, very, like, correctly, you know, um, conjured love is not real love. 
But for me, it also said something about like to me, it almost it had like almost like these hidden things about like some hidden backlash against like third wave feminism, like like maybe we need a balance kind of thing. That that came across to me. I thought it was really really great, and um, the lead actress was just like mesmerizing and awesome. And I'm obsessed. I want to I want to wear like blue and purple eyeshadow all the time now. So <laughs> I haven't done it yet, but I want to. So I really enjoyed that one. And then. Um, Another high-profile one was from Poland, and they, they had a subset every every year. They do, you know, um, different subsets, like they'll be focusing on Korean cinema or, or some other cinema. This year it happened to be Polish cinema, and there was um, a movie, a possession movie called Demon. I didn't realize until writing down my notes for tonight that the um, director of this, Marcin Rona, this was his third feature, and he committed suicide shortly after the premiere of this movie. I think it might have premiered at Toronto International Film Festival. I have no idea what Oh, my I gosh. I didn't. I know I didn't see why, and this is an excellent movie. Demon was a fantastic movie. It's kind of it's a take on kind of um, the Jewish legend of the uh, the Dybok, like a spirit that will a spirit uh, that you know dislodge that will stick to you, and it, it needs to be helped, or it'll stick to you from for some reason until it's you know pacified, and then it might go away. Um, there's a lot of possession stuff coming. It never ends. I mean, we have like the new Exorcist. Um, TV show coming up. I mean, everything is possession right now. It's just like so much. I mean, there's even the next American guinea pig is a fucking possession film. I'm like, oh my god, so much fucking possession. Uh, uh, but this I, one is I hate to say it, yawn, yawn, and yawn. I, I know. I find possession films you would, boring. I you would like I Demon would... probably if you if you would like it because it's just different. It takes um, a wedding takes place and he's he is he doesn't really know his Polish bride that well. It's a, it's a guy from the UK, but he speaks Polish and he's very worldly and he goes out there. They they get said that they've only, you know, spoken a little bit on Skype. You know, the, the father is, is worried. And then he's, you know, the, the, throughout the, it, it's like everything's really, really different. And I've heard about Polish weddings because a, a friend of mine got, had a Polish wedding, got married to a Polish chick and it, it was crazy. It was just nothing but vodka the whole fucking time. And so the movie, yeah. that's what it is, is like vodka the whole fucking time. So you don't really know if people are, and people are acting crazy. So you can't really tell if he's going crazy at first or acting weird or if it's just, you know, the, the situation, but soon you figure out something's going, something's going down and to have it with this backdrop of the wedding it you know it parallels the whole like you don't know who you don't know what you're getting into you don't know who you're marrying you know maybe you maybe who you're marrying could turn out to be somebody else so those are cool um those are cool little things like that and it very very different and a very quiet and personal sort of p- uh, possession film but very very artistically well, done it was I, I it do was, want it was to wonderful. walk that back I don't think all possession films are valid I just find that a lot <laughs> I know of what them you're talking about repetitive and cliche well they just and, they have their own tropes. And, they have their own tropes, yeah. like Cabin in the Woods um, films, you know, and they just gets, it, gets, it gets annoying after a while. You know, it's and, the same and, thing and, over and, and over. Prayer, prayer, prayer with, with, with quick editing isn't really action, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's yeah. just kind yeah. of like, oh, we have a caller. Uh, let me bring them on and see what's up. It's in the 845 area code, so it's not Aaron. Hello, let's see. Hello, sir. <laughs> you are on with the sexy witches. Hey, how you doing? It's Mike from Dark Discussions Podcast. Hey, hey. Mike, how you doing? Hey, Mike. What's, what's Mike? up? Uh, what's up? We're we're talking Fantasia Fest right now, and so you're in luck. We haven't started talking about scares the cares yet. 
So I want to uh, have a listen, and then we'll, in a couple minutes, we're going to go right into it. Okay, no problem. I'll sit here and grade my chemistry papers. All right, Bonnie. <laughs> Bonnie, yeah. you want to continue, finish up? I know you have two more films to talk about, right? Sure, okay, yeah. Sure. There's two other ones. Yeah, I saw two other things um, last weekend. Um, I, saw, um, I saw a movie called The Unseen, which doesn't have distribution. If it was more intense, I would, I would be all over unearthed to, to release this thing. And it's directed and written by a gentleman named Jeff Red, Redknapp. If you look at his IMDb, it's insane. He, he has done effects and all sorts of things for, like, Deadpool, Watchmen, Cabin in the Woods, X-Men series, Found Destination series, Masses of Horror, fucking everything. And he's done some shorts before, and he finally got together a feature. This is a different take on totally different take on the Invisible Man. And we haven't seen an Invisible Man probably since Hollow Man. And he agrees with me that it was a little bit, like, aggressive and crazy. I mean, I love memes from Kevin Bacon, but Hollow Man was, like, crazy. Why was he just so sexually crazy? So the Unseen gets back to more personal, you know, you know, story of this um, Invisible Guy. And the difference is that He's going. He's he's disappearing in chunks, like fleshy chunks almost. So there, therefore, you. That's where um, the director, uh, Jeff Red, Redknapp, he's using his skills as an effects artist there and kind of putting it. And so, what happens when this guy is disappearing little by little, and possibly maybe his daughter has the same affliction? Fantastic fucking movie. And I also saw one of their documentaries from The Edge. Um, they do that pretty much every year. Have fantastic, crazy documentaries at Fantasia. And I saw something called, this was a last-minute choice that I did, called Beware the Slender Man. And I only really knew a little bit about what the oh. Slender Man was on, from Clearview yeah. Pasta. Yeah, this whole sort of, um, the more the, the documentary got into it, I really, I really, you know, because they're kind of, uh, at first it's like, a, it's, it can be a very scary thing, the gangly, long, tall man, like like the gentleman from the episode of, of Buffy, Hush, you know, very. Yeah, but then there's, yes, and then there's also another side to it, though, that children pick up on, which is almost like embracing in like a Pied Piper or like a, like a Jack Skellington sort of side. And this, this is a story, but Where the Slender Man is a documentary about these two girls that were, um, three girls actually, but they were 12 years old about, and two of them conspired to kill the other girl. And yes, I remember reading girl. about that. Yes, and so you have to see this documentary then, Erin. Um, you'll love it. It's, it really got into me. Um, they set it up so well. They set it up really clever where they don't take a side. They, they, they somehow got footage of, like, even interrogate, like, them in, like, rooms where they're being questioned after wow. they, like, right after it happened, like, hours oh or God. so after this. Because the girl lived. The girl they stabbed, they lived, I think. It yeah, I remember. They, but, I mean, my kids, yeah. like, my kids were creepy kids. Let's be honest. Yeah. I raised him right, but they were like really into creepy pasta and the Legend of Slenderman and everything. So I remember reading that article, and I'm like, right. man, I'm glad my kids are sane. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing is, creepy is okay, but and internet's okay, but then it kind of one of the smaller things it brings up for me when I watch this because I'll dig all deep and be like, oh shit, what are the implications of this? You know, this is this is like just one little 
outcome of the new internet generation. When you have these children, some of them maybe not, I don't know if they weren't, weren't watched enough, but one of the kids, one of the girls, the girl that did the actual stabbing, Morgan, she was found out to be schizophrenic and stuff later. And so these kids are, they're these, you know, kids that are like very, and the other one, they, they said really nothing was wrong with her, but I would kind of beg to differ, but <laughs> like yeah. they, they definitely are very prone to fantasy. And at 12 years old, everything's real, you know, like that's the thing. That's, that's the fucking Spielberg age. That's why it's 11, 10, 11, 12, because everything is fucking real at that age. Like you really believe in so much. And when kids, it just shows you how it can be taking it so much further because kids are living an alternate life on the internet now. They live, you know, like we live our kind of an alternate life, but we can handle a little bit more because we're adults. So we have, you know, our, our social media and podcast and all this networking life, but then we have real life. Well, it's hard for children. And sometimes I think they really need the escape, especially like the bullied ones. And that's another subset of the Slender Man that's come up now because it's actually, you know, formed over years. And now there's this stuff where maybe he was bullied and, you know, so kids will, will be drawn to that like he's a savior. So these children, like they, I don't know who convinced who, it's up in the air. And, and actually they still don't have a ruling. They keep trying to um, get the girls tried in juvenile court and it keeps getting like, no, like this is too heinous, no. <laughs> So it's not looking too good. They think they each one of them faces up to like 65 years in prison. But it was a riveting, mm-hmm. riveting documentary. And uh, for anyone that likes twisted documentaries like that, yeah, good stuff. <laughs> so yeah, so that was my weekend. Oh, Fantasia. Oh, and I ran into uh, real quick. Unfortunately, not in anything long enough. But I ran into director writer Izzy Lee. Um, she did In's Mouth yes. and Postpartum. Yeah, she's great. So, I didn't get to talk to her very much, and I saw Maud Shaw real quick. And I got to sit next to Michael Gingold from previously from Fangoria. Everyone knows about how he got let go, and now he's just writing for fucking everybody because he kicks ass. So he's <laughs> writing for fucking everyone now. And he, I sat next to him for the Love Witch. So to me, that was an That's honor. So. That's geeky, awesome. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. He's the, he's like I called him I called him like a I think I called him like a horror knight, like a knight on a white horse. Like like one of the knights of horror. And he's like, I didn't know I'd been knighted. But he's just like that. He just is such a class act, super awesome guy. You know? And even the way he handled being let go from Pangoria, I told him when we sat down, I'm like, you, I was, you know, introducing to my friend that I brought with me. And I'm like, this is the guy I got let go from Pangoria. And he's just been a class act about it the whole time. And Michael's like, well, I didn't have to say anything. Everybody said it for me. And he had this little grin. And he's just such a little gentleman. I adore him. Pangoria in the 90s was the best. The best. I, yes. I read. Yeah. Oh he's I, been around forever. Like, he, to let him yeah, go is, he, like, an atrocity. He, he shaped <laughs> my, my catalog in, uh, of, of movies mm-hmm. and what I mm-hmm. ended up watching. Those Aww. And on my first real job in my first career in as a park ranger at my first bat flight, I'm actually at the bat park flight ranger. Bat Steel. I yes. shouted out to Fangoria in my fucking speech because I'm like, Aww. Fangoria. Because, so you know, it, to me it was, you know, I wanted to talk about vampires and bats. You know, I wasn't going <laughs> to yeah. talk about vampires doing a bat flight program you know you know it mm-hmm. was awesome so anyway i digress and this also leaves a couple of things first of all in's mouth also played at scared to cares unfortunately yeah. i was not able to attend uh i Aww. was in the middle of the i literally as it started i was two feet from
alarm the door about to go on stage. So I wasn't able to we get in. We need to get Izzy on the show. We need to get Izzy on the show. We need to get her I missed Izzy. Uh, but it played there too, and there was also speaking of Slenderman. There was uh, we were talking about the Babadook is definitely an image of the Slenderman. There was a mm-hmm. Babadook yep. at the Scares That Cares. So I think this is a perfect oh. time. We're going to shift gears and talk a little bit about Scares That Cares for a bit. Uh, and and he was really cool. He came in on stilts, like tall, like he was like he filled the stage. It was brilliant. It was beautiful. It was how, a really how, badass costume. How do you costume. think he was, Aaron? What do you think? He was like maybe like with stilts, he was at least ten feet. Uh, Mike, did you? I, see I was going to say around nine ten. Yeah, uh, Mike, definitely around nine ten. Contest? Are you there, Mike? Mike, Mr. Darwin. Those He's damn there. papers. He's just, those damn chemistry papers. He's drowning He's in papers. <laughs> Yeah, hello. It's all good. That's the second time someone's muted me tonight, and that probably won't be the last. So uh, uh, so we were just saying at the costume contest, there was the Babadook, and I was wondering, did you actually get to go to the contest? Well, the costume contest is phenomenal, I think, every year. Um, that scares the care. And I never really went to the costume contest and cons I attended previously, uh, but I think just as time has gone on and between the, the materials available due to new technology and due to the internet, um, they can do so much more than, you know, what they were doing at cons back when I started attending back in the eighties. Um, and the big thing talking to some of the people after is, uh, is Robert C. Tongue is so good that he raises the bar for everybody else and the competition and everybody is gunning for him. Um, well, they, they, don't, won, they don't want to he, left behind. He's won every single year, hasn't he? Like he's placed in the oh, yeah. first year, and he's won first prize last two years, best in show. So uh, he, he he's been. He didn't win last. He didn't win two years ago. Two years ago, he came in first place. The, the best in show went to Crazy Chicken Man, which was awesome costume. The Evil Chicken. Oh, I don't right, know if you remember right, right. the Evil Chicken. The Evil Chicken was brilliant. I, I actually still want to find that person and hire them for my movie because I actually have an evil chicken in my one of my screenplays. Uh, <laughs> so I really need a evil chicken. Um, but um, it, it, it was it, um, the costume contest. He always wins out. Folks, I haven't posted a photo of this yet, but let me explain what Robert's costume is all about. He likes to make himself look like something out of Gundam or Voltron, and he makes this elaborate robot suit with a huge Bioshock. sword. Uh, yeah, I think this Bioshock. year's is Bioshock. Yeah, I think it was actually Bioshock. He, he often does his own character, but this year I think he was actually cosplaying. And he had, on his shoulders had little figurines, like he's like the actual mecha, and he's being controlled by these little robots, and he's got blinking lights, and he's just insane. And he comes in and just kicks everybody's ass. <laughs> and every and his competition is stiff. Like I would it, say, it looks like shit only Tesla could have put together with all the lightning uh, and it, stuff. It's insane. <laughs> it's insane stuff. And and, and the, like I said, the costume contest this year. I mean, it's always. I would say that scares it cares. I've been to a few of these now, and definitely this year, 
I would say it was the best costumes overall I saw. And, and Days of the Dead had some amazing costumes in Atlanta. Absolutely. Um, there was a guy that dressed up as Salsa Doom that looked exactly like um, James Earl Jones. <laughs> like exactly like James Earl Jones from Conan the Barbarian at Days of the Dead. So that's how good they were getting. And, and you know, that guy was hot. Like, yeah. Oh my God, he was amazing. And, the, and then there was even this that, that infested penis guy at Days of the Dead was even brilliant. There was this horrible costume of a like a like a infected penis running around and raping people. It was awful. I didn't see that. I, I, oh, I have understand. a picture. It's online. Go to my go to my Facebook profile. That's actually on there. So I did Good. post a picture of of, of, the, of that guy. So, uh, but, you know, but the costumes, I guess, let's go back to uh, Scares of Care. The costumes really good. The kids always are fun. And then, um, you know, the adults are all very into it. I mean, really into it. And so, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. That's always the Saturday night centerpiece because, uh, you know, there was all sorts of stuff going on. And it started on Thursday night. I don't think any of us actually went. Or maybe, Mike, you might have gone. Did you go to the Jaws screening on Thursday? Briefly. Um, I was really kind of tired. Um, I went there to see um, Mike Lombardo, who was previewing uh, or debuting the trailer for his film, I'm Dreaming of a White Doomsday, and I wanted to see that. Uh, Joe Ripple. Like uh, the, the Mike Lombardo? Like the Mike Lombardo. Yeah, uh, he was all over the con yeah. this year. I didn't know about all that. Over it. Wow. He was and everywhere he, uh, this year. <laughs> Yeah, I'll get back to him later. But I so I saw that. Right. I sat in two minutes of Jaws, but you know it was a small screen. There weren't a whole lot of places to sit. Um, I mean, small screen for an outdoor screening. Let me put it that way. If it was in my room, I'm sure it would be a much bigger screen. Uh, and I just was too tired. I kind of went back to my room to take care of some things for um, for the convention for the next day. Uh, but it was well attended, and I know they passed the bucket around. Joe Ripple was there in a shark suit uh, to, to help raise funds. So it, it was nice. And that's looking like it's going to be a tradition. I don't know if it's going to be Jaws every year or if they're going to do like maybe Piranha or some other film for future years, which by the way is what the Dark Discussions podcast is going to be doing for the next uh, five weeks are aquatic horror films. Um, plug, oh, plug, boy. shameless plug. Uh, Sharknado. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're Sharknado films. Uh, no, we are not doing Sharknado no matter how much co-host Eric Webster loves them. Speaking of Sharknado, I actually, the one thing I got this year for free um, from the con was a bobblehead of David Hasselhoff from the sequel of Sharknado. So I, I don't, I'm like kind of excited about it, yet like terrified of it at the same time. I took it to work. So he's right next to my Bruce Campbell, so they look good Aww. together. I'll, I'll figure that out. But you're, <laughs> so you're excited right cool. now, but when it comes to life in the middle of the night and tries to kill you in your sleep, well, like that's why it's at work. Doll from you, you know, it's at work. That's why it's there. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm more likely to be killed by Lily's Olaf collection. I find them far more terrifying. So they're all very happy and stare at you. So um, <laughs> she has this fossil pop collection, and we have like five Olafs of different various types, and they all stare at me. <laughs> so, uh, but, um, oh. uh, you know, but uh, my daughter, the evil genius, of course, uh, she was doing her thing at the con, too. Uh, it was, that's what I love about this con is it is so 
it's family friendly in the right ways, yet the edge is not gone. It is still a horror convention. There is horror things. And if you're taking your kids there, know that there's horror stuff there. But conventions are pretty tame. There's vendors with all sorts of things in there. And then there's also, you know, there's a bunch of celebrities at tables. The scariest thing you'll see is the haunted house. And my daughter got to do that, too, because they had a lights on for her after the show was closing up. So she got to walk through, which, by the way, was awesome. The haunted house, Red Vane Army, Erin, shout out to our girls. They were awesome this year. Uh, Kitty, Brian, Oh, my Miles gosh, yes, they were. They were brilliant. Mike, did you get to walk through? Unfortunately, I didn't. Um, we had a table there this year, which is probably not something I would do again because it just anchors you to one spot and you really can't uh, see as much. And doing the final tabulations, we were really there raising money for Scares of Care and awareness for the podcast. You can do awareness for the podcast without a table. And it probably would have worked out better to raise money for Scares of Care if we didn't pay for the table just gave them the money directly and put the things we were raffling off on the silent auction. Um, mm-hmm. But that's, but that's, that's a me thing. I would never tell somebody don't do it. A lot of the vendors did very well. Um, it's just that we're not really selling anything to make it worth our while. And I, and it really kind of hinders my uh, enjoyment of the con itself. There's panels I couldn't get to see. I didn't get a chance to get to the haunted house. Um, although I did it last year and they, yeah, they are very good. Um, I did make they sure. They game. You know, they totally upped their game this year. It was like, good. like, it, it, it was brilliant. Um, the, first of all, it was seemed like a hotel, which was great. And the guy, I don't know his last name. His first name is Nick. That's his real name. He goes by whatever fucking name he chooses his characters to do. But um, he actually had the best thing about the whole whole walkthrough. He had the queue. And he is Q management. He was Q management the year before, and he was fun as the you know mad scientist. But this year he was bellhop, and Nick was bellhop. And so people would get in line, and he would suddenly like move them. Ah, let's move you to the VIP line. Ah, you're now on the reject line. And literally he shuffles the queue into like groups and all over. He sometimes deliberately split up groups to piss people off. He sometimes would make people sit and wait a couple rounds just to piss them off a little bit, just a little bit. He always was fair about it. He always put those basically in the same order, unless you're with this one kid. Uh, but it was a hysterical act, and it worked. I watched my friend and Aaron's friend Stephanie Montgomery and her boyfriend walk through it together. And while we're all there waiting, he actually Nick actually split him up from Stephanie. And so they were at opposite ends of the queue. And, and Stephanie was like, go with it. It's okay. And we're looking, and he's fuming over there. It was so, so funny. And then they finally let you off the hook. You go through. It's a steamed horror hotel, lots of scary stuff, you know, to look at. It was so much fun. And I went through it three times with three sets of people. So it was pretty cool. Anyway, uh, so, uh, you know, and Um, they – go ahead. I was going to say, again, I want to go back to the the costume competition for one moment. Yeah. Because first of of all, your your little one, uh, and I've seen this the last three years, is a absolute ham. Um, She knows how to play the crowd. There was a great look, unfortunately, <laughs> where she kind of does like an over-the-shoulder look back at the audience, um, which unfortunately all my pictures of that were blurry. But it was she's just absolutely precious in that pose. So she knows how to how to milk it, and she's a natural ham. But I got to give credit oh, first of all to 
the, 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 the panelists, the what do you call the judges, who are the celebrity judges, are, are great in dealing with the fans. Um, but Count Gordeval has been hosting this for the last three years, and I think he's terrific with working with the kids. Sometimes he doesn't seem to know what the pop culture, new pop culture stuff is, but I think he's a terrific host of that. He won the uh, Person of the Year Award from for Scares of Care, and I thought that was well-deserved. Um, but the one thing that happens at every one of these every year is at some point Joe Ripple makes me cry. Aw, um, yeah. So I don't know how much you saw from the backstage, because you were the one bribing the judges with jello shots. Uh, well, that was where right. they... I know. I, they were, I know they were, they the were taking... Yeah, they, they were setting up. I I cried I cried when he um, presented uh, Gore Vidal. And that was, that was nice. And, yeah, and because Count Gore Duvall was was obviously very humbled um, and embarrassed by it. Um, you could see him blush behind so his sweet. white makeup. And he always is. He's always been great to me um, when I've met and dealt with him at the con. But when he stopped, the Alien versus Predator team came out, yep. and you had a Predator, and you had the Predator's wife who had a. Uh, like a pot roast made of the face hugger uh, and a roasting pan. And um, there was someone in an alien costume. <laughs> and then there and were then... two humans. There was a Marine and a human, like with a alien hunter. And well, one of them was Vasquez. And one, one of them was, was Vasquez, Vasquez right. from, yeah, from Alien. So, and uh, Joe one steps of my out. favorite characters. Yep, Joe steps out and he stops and he says, stop, I can't let this go on. This isn't fair. And everyone's wondering what's going on. And he calls over the woman in the alien hunter outfit yeah. and reveals that she's the one, the, the breast cancer survivor that uh, they raised the money for and presented the check to her. If you go to the Facebook page, I know there's a video, somebody recorded it. And, uh, you know, that's what really kind of got me this year. Last year was his presentation that said, hey, the year before there was someone who was uh, one of his fellow officers who came out in costume um, that, he, that he, he called out. But it really just was very... Yeah. The breast cancer survivor, I'm, I'm pretty sure her name was Heidi, if I remember correctly. I ended up crying twice <laughs> during yeah. the costume contest. But I think that's what makes this convention different. Um, I've been to a lot of conventions and been to ones like I've gone, like many years in a row. And this is one where, you know, getting to know you, somebody like uh, Mike Lombardo or John Jack or Jesse Hughes, um, where now I feel like I'm, I'm, not, I'm visiting friends as much as I'm going to a convention, not to mention the people that actually run the convention, like Joe Ripple and Alfred Guy and Brian Dean. Um, and I don't feel like when I go there that I'm being seen as just another person with a ticket. You know, that when I leave, Joe says, make sure you, you Facebook me when I get home, message me so I know you got home safe. And he don't, you don't feel like he's saying that to be um, good PR that he's saying it to a customer, he's saying it to you. Is, do you follow what I'm saying? You know, you yep. just have a di- was, very different personal connection. And maybe that's just a matter of, I don't know what other times are No, like this convention's now. all heart. I mean, that's what it is. It, 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 the, the vibe, I've never dealt with the vibe at the, uh, like, like Scares of Care. Scares of Care has its own vibe, and it, 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 it's a very different vibe. I think because of the nonprofit nature and all of us are, are volunteering our time, some of us even buying our ticket and volunteering our time like I did. I bought my ticket, and I still did a panel, uh, you know, and we'll talk about that in a minute. I'm going to bring Aaron on, Aaron from the West Coast. Hey, Aaron, you're on with the Sexy Witches. Hey, hey. How's it going, hey, guys? Hey, we're all gang hey, here, here, everybody. everybody. 
When I heard that oh, story, and- I was like so proud. <laughs> they really, they really took heart. They, they really took it as a challenge to scare the fuck out of people. <laughs> so, yeah, it was great. And, and, and speaking of Adam, he actually won one of our VHS tapes. We gave away two at the festival. Yeah, Yay! Yay! We gave one to Bryna Frizzell, who is a friend of Erin. She claimed one. And this Adam guy, who I just met at the con, he, he said, you're the one giving away VHS tapes, aren't you? I'm like, well, yes, I am. And he won. So I put the photo up. So I don't know his last name, but congratulations, Adam. And uh, there's a picture of me with a VHS tape and him. Uh, about 3 in the morning that photo was taken. And actually, I'm looking pretty good considering that was going on. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Did, I, didn't leave, I didn't leave their room until 5 a.m. I was the last one standing. <laughs> Oh my God! It's a late night con. I mean, and then and then the next night is equally late. And I burnt out. I actually burned out on Saturday at two a.m. But like Mike was up in his room till like six watching Mike Lombardo's movie. And uh, well, it wasn't that like, bad. It was about three. Okay, three. Liz, you were there. You were there for most of the evening. At I, at any point during the evening, did I take off my bra? Because on Saturday night, somebody told me I took my bra off in front of people. He missed the show. And I'm like, did I? I don't remember. I don't don't remember that at all. At all. No, I have no fucking idea. I was so confused. I went to the movie for a while. So remember, I I went to my friend's movie, Sean Jones, because he had the last movie of the night. And I watched about 45 minutes of his Camp Killer movie. So, And then I walked over to the Rocky Horror. That's why I played Frankenstein Place, because they actually had a shadow cast. So it was kind of a hodgepodge shadow cast because most, excuse me, most of the people didn't show up. So it was actually volunteers from the show and guests from the show that decided, hey, I used to do shadow casting. You know, I did it. And they all kind of did it at the last minute. And they did a small shadow cast. And us old school veterans were in the back row yelling little scripts because I actually do know the script to Rocky Horror Picture Show, the audience participation script, because uh, one of the oh. longest running ones was Bur- in Berkeley, California, which was indecent exposure, ran from the original um, 70s all the way up to the 90s, I believe. And it was replaced by a second style cast for a while for your Intentions. intention. So Berkeley, the UC Theater, uh, was a classic uh, coming-of-age place for people in the Bay Area. So, <laughs> you know... Um, so I was in the back yelling all the old lines. I got to that because I actually knew them. A lot of people don't know them, which is funny. I must be getting old. I don't. Uh, I know. I, I know I, the major ones. Oh, and here's an interesting thing. There is some issues with age and Rocky Horror Picture Show. And here's the thing. Okay, there's a song in it. I can uh, with uh, after Sweet Transvestite. The next major songs are about Rocky, and there's one called I Can Make You a Man. And there is the, the line that goes with it in the audience participation goes, I can make you. And there's a, the F-bomb, not the F-bomb. Right. Like, it's, it's the F-bomb. No, no, not rag. I can yes. make you a rag just like your dad, right? I don't right. even say it yep. now, right? Because it's gone out of fashion. 
completely. And, and you know, I will tell you, there's no such thing as homophobia at a Rocky Horror Picture Show shadow cast, okay? It's just that's how the audience participation line evolved over the years, right? So, so but yeah. now no one was singing that line anymore. And I'm like, wow, times have changed. You know, it's suddenly not PC. And even Rocky Horror Picture Show has caught up with the, mo- with the modern times mm. a little bit. Um, That's yeah. a frightening but, concept. Um, if, if there's any PC, yeah. it's, Rocky PC it's Rocky Horror. Yeah, I know. I kind of make. I I have a kind of a very movies weird are time capsules. About this. Time capsules are time you know? capsules. They are what they well, are. I, you this know? is not a line in the movie. This is the audience participation line that's thrown out. Yeah. As a song but that's still part of the time capsule because it was it was derived before. So it's still yeah, part of I, that I, existing culture. Yeah, and I agree with you. I, I do feel yeah. like people feel uncomfortable saying that now, I and I find that kind of interesting. You can tell there's a little rumble in the audience, so you can hear from the yeah. more older people, do we yell it out? Do we not yell it out? <laughs> we know the line. It we makes decided so not to yell it out. People don't, know, yeah. people don't know what to say and what not to say anymore. There's sometimes, no, I mean, I appreciate all the, all the love that's, that's flowing out, but sometimes with the restrictions, I'm like, you know, that stops the flow of love sometimes so that's my opinion well you know but still they they said it was uh, i mean half the audience was that half the con was actually at the rocky horror i was really surprised how mm-hmm. big the turnout was yeah for. the bar was, was pretty almost, empty that second night yeah everyone was at, at the rocky horror and there was jello shots walking and it was a lot of fun a little you know i burnt out about two in the morning went upstairs and crashed um for the saturday <laughs> night and then uh but the, saving the best for last, because uh, and then we got to talk about San Diego Comic Con. Because Aaron, you've been very patient. Thank you. But last but not least, of course, there I'm... is Michael Darwin and myself, and author Patrick Lacey. Who congratulations, Mr. Lacey, you sold your book out at the con. I'm very very proud of you for that. That's great. Uh, so um, is uh, we docked, we had the first panel on Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Dun dun dun. Not a very good. Uh, <laughs> Not a very good position necessarily, but we opened the con with uh, discussing Frankenstein, and we were expecting five people, and I thought two of them would be people I knew, uh, you know, including my husband, right? And then there was Clarissa, Patrick Lacey's, you know, boy girlfriend, and, and you know, that'd be it. But but that's not what happened. Um, Chris LaMartina, the director from Baltimore, he showed up, and about 25 other people showed up. <laughs> so we Yay! Had, nice. like, yeah, Woo! we had a small nice. group. We actually had a better turnout than what the next panel, who would get this, was friggin' Robert Kurtzman. And he only had wow. a handful of people, which I was in shock what? that Robert Kurtzman had nobody at that con. Insulting that nobody went to that panel. Insulting, but that's another story. I'm going to actually well, you, talk you to you about concerned, that. You were concerned that we were going to have a whole bunch of people streaming in, that we would have like five I, people, and then as we were giving out the swag, the people would come in for the next panel. That's what um, I thought. I, I thought that Kurtzman would be a super draw. I mean, I mean, he is yeah. Robert Kurtzman. This is the guy who he's the K in KNB. He has done a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, he is an amazing, talented guy. He's done the Firefly is him. I mean, come on, you know, I can go into he's uh, he did he's in Yoga Hosers is coming out. That's his movie. Uh, he's gonna do Moose Jaws. He did Tusk. Uh, you know, all uh, of the phases he did him. recently. Uh, yoga hoses. 
Yoga Hosers, which is coming out this I'm week, excited. actually. With Johnny yeah. Depp's daughter. Johnny Johnny Depp and Harley Quinn. Uh, yeah, um, Kevin Smith's daughter, Harley. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's adorable. So, so I was really so in shock about that. That panel was advertised as a Wishmaster panel. And I know it actor, was. And, and the it, actor from Wishmaster then, canceled. So I don't know if they if they found a way to re-advertise it as a Kurtzman panel with a list of all the films he's done. That might have worked. Been more of a know. draw. Yeah, it's just people mm-hmm. saw Wishmaster. If they weren't a Wishmaster fan, they saw half the Wishmaster people, including the, the actor that was on screen, and then the, the person who did makeup for Wishmaster, they might not have thought that big a thing, not knowing who he was. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm really confused. Like, there was two people at the con. This is the only real gripe I'm going to have about the con that I'm going to – because, honestly, this con is so amazing, and I love it. And I want to talk about some of the celebrity encounters myself and Aaron had. And then we got to go to Aaron on the East. Let's go talk about his stuff. But like I said, I'm mm-hmm. in no rush tonight, so we're talking about what do we want to talk about. Uh, <laughs> so uh, is that there was two people at the con who were mind-blowingly famous in that room. And – and on a on a and one of them was Robert Kurtzman. I mean, heck, you know, he 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 designed Army of Darkness for crying out loud. I mean, this man is friggin' one of the best effects artists in the world, and he's at the con. I was absolutely floored that he accepted, and I I went to his panel, and I'm glad I did, even though I was late because our panel let out at ten. It was immediately after, and I had to anyway. But I still got back there and saw a half hour of it. Asked him a question. Uh, you know, and then Joe R. Lansdale, the author, um, he, you know, a lot of people, like, I know Aaron Marie, I've been telling Trellin, because he's headlining the Roanoke show in February, how famous this guy is. You know, he's won an Edgar Award. He's won the uh, Bram Stoker Award. He wrote Bubba Hotep. He can go on. He writes TV, television. His move, four of his move, uh, books have been adapted into movies, uh, you know, and, and, and yet, there was very little advertising that he was in, even in the room. And he had one reading, just one reading. Like Patrick Lacey at the Dark Discussions table is an author and was like totally freaking out he was there. He's like, I'm not ready to see him yet. And I'm like, I would think he'd be much more prevalent on the literature. And he's like, yeah, right. You know, it's like so these two people that are like the top of their field kind of got lost in the whole convention and I want I just that's the only complaint I could say about the convention everything else was great the queues it was busy people were buying stuff there were giveaways people were donating a lot of money a lot of great moments you know all that stuff was phenomenal our 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 panel Mike was great thank you so much for inviting me I had such a great time um you know and I hope I hope you like me still. <laughs> well, I, think, I, got, yes, I, I can talk, and Eric Webster will joke, joke about that quite a lot at the con. So, you know, there were a lot of times that you just stole the mic and just kept going, which I was happy to see because I didn't have to just ramble myself. It was nice to see somebody else who has one of the mouth issues. Um, but you are, well, but it was, it was that's why we're podcasters. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think yeah. we were wasting time. We weren't just making fart jokes. Um, oh, well, well you know, there's a place for that, too. I mean, I mean, you know, there's a place for it. There's a time and place for everything. It's called Archer, right, Aaron, on the West Coast? Yeah. 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 So hold on that thought for a minute. We're going to lead off with that. <laughs> um, but I wanted to say that, um, you know, 
thank you, everybody at Scares That Cares. It was a great time. And as a, a participant and a guest this year, um, you know, a participant and, and, and a visitor, I, I really had a great time and met a lot of great people. And I wanted to thank a few people. Okay, guys, Mike, I'm sure you want to, you might agree with some of these names. And if you want to add to the list, you, please do so. Same with you, Erin Marie. But we do have to do some thank yous because it's all, there's business involved. You know, you got to thank your friends. You know, hold on, I got to find the list. Okay. First of all, I'm going to thank you, Mike, for inviting me on the, uh, the panel. And I want to also thank Eric Lepster, who manned the booth while we were on the panel. And he's really, really good podcaster, by the way. I think Eric Webster has one of my favorite um, radio voices out there right now, and I told him so, too. Um, and uh, Patrick Lacey, of course, who was on the panel, his girlfriend, Clarissa, I didn't get her last name. But here's the important people, Joe Ripple, and the, well, they all are, but Alfred Guy. Um, I wanted to thank John Jack. Uh, John Jack came as he went as on the costume contest as Cthulhu for president, and he did the the, yes. the mask himself, and it was this huge technically thing. It was brilliant. I wanted to thank John Jack because he he came to the panel and he was a huge fan of everybody, and he supported us, and he came by every time and always told us how much fun he had at the panel. So I really wanted to say thanks, John Jack. And I want to thank Chris LaMartina. He was there vending. He was actually working in the pizza party and printing with the guys upstairs. And he came down and saw the panel, as did my yeah. friend. Okay, get this. Kim Watts was driving home from South Carolina and stopped just to watch the panel. So she stayed the night, saw the panel, and booked out. So my best friend was there, which was awesome. And um, and then uh, Jesse Hughes of Horror Knots and her family. I love them. They're always uh, great people. The Crow family, they're not only nice people, but they're talented as fuck makeup artists. So that's April uh, Crow and her sister. Um, of course, Brittany Frizzell and Steve, Stephanie Montgomery. Um, those are Aaron's friends, and I love them to death. And Ryan Yay. and Kitty and the Red Bane Army, of course. And then Rick Flicka, who he played uh, Dr. Decker in the costume contest. And that's the picture of myself and as uh, Herbert West from the costume contest. And, yes, the vodka shot is real. And, yes, I did bribe the judges with it. I gave them some. Uh, so, uh, you know, and uh, uh, it was a $13 costume, you know, you got to do something, especially after they had me following the two top costumes in the show. I mean, oh, my God. Here's my 13 year little costume. Yeah, you got to crack a lot. Oh, oh, my God. I just had to fall. And then behind me, the chick was really good, too. Um, and Oh, and Jessica Schell gave me some pictures of Lily. Thank you. And uh, Count Gordeval. And last but not least for me, William Zatka and Mark and Cove. And don't forget Meg Foster. Aaron had a great really, um, yes. encounter with Meg Foster. William Zatka oh, that's right. wants, wants to see I my that picture. That was very cool. Yeah, I, she was fabulous. Yeah, she was. She's a really nice woman. I didn't get a chance to talk to her, though. Um, she was closing up as I finally got down there. Oh, and RJ Hattie, I have to thank him, too. He wants me to post stuff on the madness um, because he's into scary clowns. So uh, we're going to talk to him. Uh, and um, William Zaka and Mike and Cove were amazing. I told him about my screenplay because I had to tell him because I wrote a screenplay in their honor called Karate Kid Massacre. Never really show it to very many people. I'm kind of chicken shit that way. Um, <laughs> William Zaska asked to see it, and I'm going to send it to him. <clears throat> right on. So, Do it. Um, Do it. Yeah, it's 35. 35 I, I can show him 35 pages without throwing up. 
uh, until about half an hour. So that leaves it. Actually, I think it's longer than that. I, I have it all the way. If you know the story of Karate Kid, though this story is not Karate Kid, it still follows a similar pattern. It would be right up to the training is, 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 is completely mapped out, full treatment, all the way through. So all the way up to when Kreese and Miyagi meet in the – and make the deal about the tournament. That's all completely. Cobra Kai, no mercy. So, yeah. No, but in my show, they're not Cobra Kais. They're just the Cobras. Remember, this is oh, not okay. Karate Kid. This is a modern, takes place in the modern, but it's a 1980s slasher's martial arts throwback. Right, so. right. I remember you saying that. <laughs> yeah. Just so. as long anyway, as someone so. sweeps the leg, like with a side oh, or something. Of course. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, right on. Uh, uh, and, and I was very – and Martin Cove gave me extra signage because of that, too. Uh, I was thinking – you gave me a second thing. I was so sweet of them. That was the only uh, celebrity encounter I did the entire con. I was too busy on the vendor's floor talking to people and things like that. And, um, and uh, last but not least, it is now almost 10 o'clock. So I'm going to take a break from Scares It Cares, and we're going to take the mic over to Aaron. Aaron, I'm going to take a quick break. I want to get some more coffee, so I'm going to play a, a quick song, and we'll be back in two minutes. You got it? You ready? Cool. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. <coughs> Oh, well, you know, if the sound was actually working, then I could just go and take a break. But no, <laughs> not an ever episode, not an episode without something <laughs> happening with the sound. Maybe Aaron I Here we go. Mikey Clark does it again. Downtown Brown and the Wicked Clowns coming with the jam. www.darkdiscussions.com um, The next episode, I'm not sure, was recorded by Phil and Abe while Eric and I were down at Scares the Care. But following that, we were doing five episodes of Aquatic Horror. Each uh, host picked a, um, an, an ocean-themed or aquatic-themed horror film to cover. Um, it's got... We're, we're not... Revealing them all, but by the t- we'll probably have the next one up by the time this re- is released. And the first episode we're doing is on the bay. Nice. Oh, 
I love that movie. It wigs my shit out. I, I live on the <laughs> Chesapeake Bay, so it, 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 that movie is so fucking real. And I also won, because I knew who directed that movie, I won my one of my first swags from Scares That Cares last year from from knowing that. So anyway, uh, so thank you again, Michael Darwin, for this great thing. Um, Aaron, before we go into Scares That Care, I do have some clown talks really quick because the madness is like, Two months away, so I have to right. do some madness. Thank goodness. Um, first of all, I just wanted to announce that Rule Post will be the 20th. That's Tuesday, September 20th, and it'll be following that ep- this episode, that day's episode of Archivist Bets on Sexy Witches. So after we're off air, that'll be the time that I open the queue. Um, so that's Tuesday, September 20th. Or read the rules on air live. There might be a preview of Scarecon that day. I'm still working on that. And, um, and uh, we will uh, drop the rules for the madness, which, of course, is this year is the Circus of Colorophobes, which is the Circus of Scary Clowns. And scary clowns, so get ready for that. But also, I want to tell people that um, mark your calendars. Here in D.C. on the 17th of September, the Insane Clown Posse is going to do the Juggalo Million Man March. And they are going to march. Or right. the Juggalo March. They are going to march in protest of being classified as a gang on the FBI list. So it's going to be a huge, huge protest. They got their permit officially, and they announced it today that they're going to do this thing, or yesterday. So and I'm we talked about that last it. show. Yes, yes I, how fucking timely is that? Uh, so uh, that's the 17th of September, so mark your calendars. I'm probably going to go. I think I'm going to go right and cover it for the show. I mean, absolutely, I might even take Lily because I want her to be part of the civic process anyways. And on a happier, fun note, Starting on the 5th of August, there's something called the Clown Power Tours, and there's this guy called, what was it, uh, Max Sabbath is the band, and they are a cover band of Black Sabbath, uh, but they are a cover band of Black Sabbath as Ronald McDonald. So it's like if you ever <laughs> want to see that. Ronald McDonald characters um, sing <laughs> nice. War Pigs, this is what you do. And it's a scary clown, It's and there's a small tour uh, starts on the 8th and runs through September. I really wish it went through October. I could include it in the madness. Can't do it, but maybe I'll find a way anyway. So um, so that's <laughs> it. We It's now 10.01. And, um, and thank you again, Michael Darwin, for calling in. We're going to talk to him later. Uh, so, Aaron, you've been very patient. Thank you for so But we have a lot to talk <laughs> about because these are the best cons in the world. While our con is small, the vibe is so positive, and we are a nonprofit, and we do it for good cause. Swing your way. You're not doing it for nonprofit at all, but so much shit is well, going down Well, actually, no, the- no. Actually, the San Diego International Comic Con is nonprofit. Uh, it, the that, main that purpose, is true. Yeah, yeah. The main purpose is to promote the popular arts, and back in the day, which I actually am old enough to remember, it was about getting people to read and to read comic books. And there's still a big part of that there. I mean, the Eisner Awards are the equivalent of, of the Academy Awards for comic books, and they're a big deal. Mm-hmm. And they're one of the, the major capstones of Comic-Con. But, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, that uh, it's now highly commercialized with vendors, with studios, and that's sort of taken the spotlight. You're right there. But 
but but it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just very different. It, it, it is the ultimate geek mecca, and there's a reason for that because anything you could possibly want under the sun that genre geek nerd comic is there. It exists. You you can go to a panel. You can buy an exclusive. You can do it all. And last time you talked to us, you were talking about not getting into the Archer event, but surprise, you got into uh, the fucking Archer event. Congratulations, please. Tell us about that, because we are huge Archer fans. Queenie in particular is a ginormous Archer fan. So, go ahead. Yeah, Yeah, I I was actually surprised. I had been working the night that all 300 tickets to Archer Live on a Boat, as it's called, uh, went out. I immediately, as soon as I got home, got on the uh, standby list. And then I basically spent that day waiting in line. I spent a little time playing in the adult swim area, which was trippy, like adult swim usually is. But um, actually the Archer Live on a Boat event was surprisingly disappointing. Uh, I've been to every single... I know, I know. I've been to every single Archer panel at every single Comic-Con, and this was the one that really didn't hit the mark. Um, it, it was, they sort of explained that because of where everyone is, you know, it, it records in Atlanta, but people are in New York and people are in Los Angeles. No, none of the cast ever play opposite each other. They're all recording separately. So when they come together at things like Comic-Con, it's a huge party, and it kind of showed. Everyone was kind of a little trashed and wasted. <laughs> and, uh, they they did a live reading or stumbling through, if you will, of uh, mm-hmm. the episode where everyone gets trapped in the elevator, and uh, <laughs> maybe it's that was the episode, best though. It, it's a great like. episode. Maybe not the best to do as a radio play kind of live reading. I don't know. Uh, we had a surprise uh, guest as uh, Christian Slater was already there for Mr. Robot. He came and. He was the narrator and did the stage instructions, and he was actually pretty effing funny. He's been clean and sober for a while, famously. Yeah. And at <laughs> so one he was point, on point. Every, exactly, exactly. When everyone else is completely trashed and fucking around and da da da, in the middle of all this, he goes, "Act three? and it just brought the house down. It was really funny. Um, <laughs> there, there were good moments. Um, at one point, uh, the young lady who does Pam, uh, Poovy, was miming eating a bear claw very fast so no one else could, you know, get the food that was supposed to be saved and, and rationed out. And she's making nom, 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 nom sounds. And uh, John Benjamin observes that it kind of sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger giving a blowjob. Which, <laughs> You know, everyone had to then, you know, play around and go, mm, no, mm, no, no, no. And that was very funny. Get to the climax. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, okay. overall, that that didn't really hit the mark. And uh, they were very nice to us. Uh, they bought us a, a lovely little snack box lunch, lunch dinner. They bought us a couple of drinks, da-da-da. Uh, but, you know, they they didn't bring enough merchandise to sell on, on the boat. That was a little disappointing. And then the whole tone of thing, meh. Uh, one person won an Xbox 4, or I'm sorry, a PlayStation 4, rather, uh, because PlayStation was sponsoring the whole thing. Um, but as 
off the mark as that was, the actual Archer panel was spot on and hilarious and so much fun and so full of good news. I'm happy to tell you, if you, if you haven't read it yet, Archer has been confirmed for three more seasons. Three. I'm good. so effing happy about that. Uh, we learned that next season is going to be sort of a, a dream sequence. If, if, a spoiler alert, if you haven't watched the last season, uh, we left Archer apparently dead, floating in a pool. Uh, so I don't know if he's in a uh, coma or what's going on. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it so, yet. Well, that's don't why I me, said spoiler me, alert. Yeah, but, well, uh, I still have to pay attention because I, I moderate this damn panel here. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're going to be set in the 40s. And, oh, 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 yeah, I, I, oh, okay, okay. I just okay, freaking oh, can't oh, wait. Sorry. Oh, I can't wait, too. Yeah, I'm sorry. I got excited. I got a caller. I got to take it. Hold on. Hold go. on, okay? Go. Okay, take it. My dear, Hi. you're on with the sexy witches. How are you doing, Miss Cameron? Thank you so very much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm very well, oh thank you. I'm filming in the middle of Florida, um, a little demonic exorcist film that's phenomenally exciting. So, yeah, I'm good. How are you? Hi. I'm so excited. Sexy witches, this is a surprise guest. This is Jessica Cameron, the independent film producer and actress. Queenie Todd, she's a huge fan of yours. Jessica Cameron. Oh, I love Queenie Queenie Todd. so sweet. Oh, yeah, she loves you, Death. And we have uh, Aaron on the West Coast. He's my cousin. He's covering San Diego Comic-Con for us right now, and we were actually talking about that. And Erin Marie on the uh, in here on the East Coast with me. So um, you are going. We we are about to. And Bonnie. Bonnie. Oh, Bonnie! I'm sorry, Bonnie. Oh my God! Thank you, Bonnie. You, you Thank know why? So we have a nice little Motley crew here. She's calling in real quick because one of my community calendar picks is Scarecon LA, which happens next weekend, which is the first uh, haunted um, uh, first convention, uh, Halloween convention. They kind of start, and and the cool thing is, is the headliner is Elvira. She's hosting it. This will probably be one of her very last appearances before she does Not Scary Farm, which is when she's retiring Elvira. So Jessica is going to be there. Oh, yeah. I'm absolutely going to be there. I'm really excited. And I love, I do like Catherine Peterson. The fact that she's been doing Elvira for so long is such a testament to how amazing she is. And when she does finally hang up that hat, it's going to be so sad for so many of us. But I understand mm-hmm. where it must just be so challenging for her to live her life knowing that she has to eat and work out and do everything in accordance of getting into this costume. At the age of 65, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I cannot do that. So kudos to that woman. Yeah, she's an amazing yeah, she's woman on so many levels. But, Jessica, you're there showing truth or dare, are you not? Well, I'm actually just on a panel at Scarlet. Oh, uh, the films okay, I don't believe you... are screening. Yeah, I'm going to do a panel on independent filmmaking. It's going to have some really great people involved. Uh, Darren Lynn Bousman, who did Saw, Abattoir, mm-hmm. um, and a bunch of other films. Andrew Cash, who was in the part of Tales of Halloween. Uh, Gene Blanklock, of, uh, he does a bunch of short films in L.A. And I know he's got interest in some features. So it's going to be really fun. We're going to talk about independent films, horror films in general, hopefully inspire some young filmmakers out there, you know, and really have a great time doing it. 
Great. I'm glad to hear that. And um, of, besides your panel, is there what are you looking for most forward to at Scaricon LA? You know, I am just so madly in love with the haunt culture. So I'm really looking forward to just going, hanging out, and meeting some really new people. Something I do like to do uh, is look towards the haunt community for actors. Um, so I'm really looking forward to sort of seeing some of them face-to-face. Haunt actors typically are so passionate about what they do they're great on a film set because they're used to tremendously long hours they're used to extreme makeup they're used to you know schedules etc 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 so anytime I'm casting for anything that might require any kind of effects I definitely look to that community so I'm really excited to go and sort of meet more of these people face to face and LA has a phenomenal haunt community phenomenal they do Uh, I was going to ask you are you going to be able to hook up with Kelsey Kelsey Zukowski while you're down there I'm not sure. I mean, I, I'm not – who knows? I mean, I might see her. She's I'm like, sure, like, I will run into her at some point. I think she, she was it's acting in my good friend's film. It's the kind of thing she would do, film. you know. Um, you know uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and she actually – like, she, my best friend Heather Dorf did a movie, and that's the only thing I've seen Kelsey in. It was called What They Say, and it's Heather Dorf's I produced film. that movie. You know, I'm, my name <laughs> oh is my on God, that film. Yes. You go, yeah, girl. so I, I, that's what I was actually telling you. We didn't really have time to talk. It's like we've never actually met until Dave's dead uh, in that, that quick moment, right? But we had mutual friends that I've been corresponding with for years. <laughs> so it's just kind of funny that way. Uh, you know, so Kelsey, Kelsey's out in L.A. now. She calls in. as She's my sexy bondage witch. She sometimes calls in. She often is covering the Harry Potter stuff at Universal Studios for us. So, uh so that's what she and she's into scare acting out there too. Anyway, I digress. But Jessica, um, I know that you don't have a lot of time because you're on a film set. Uh, can you talk about your film set real quick and tell us uh, anything else you want to talk about ScareCon LA before we let you go? Yeah. Hello, sweetie. Jessica. Can oh, everyone sorry, hear I'm me? Sorry, I actually hit mute. Ah, right there. <laughs> I'm not the only one here. We're going to give her a mute complex. Oh, yes. Did you talk about American Guinea Pig? Yeah, please. So you are starting to film American Guinea Pig. Oh, my God. Okay, so we. I just saw, I haven't seen the Flood Shock. Oh, no, I saw Bloodshock. I didn't see the first one, which is Guts and Glory. So that was playing at Days of the Dead. So uh, so congratulations on getting in. And that's a pretty hardcore thing to be doing. So we'll, we'll, Oh, yes, uh, but I love that. I, I love effects. For me as an actor, one of the things that really saddens me is that effects are often the thing that people cut or trim during production when they're filming and filming gets challenging because effects are just so difficult and time consuming to pull off. So Steven Byro, the director and writer is really going out of his way to make sure that our brilliant effects team led by Marcus Cook and Jeremy Cruz really getting to show off all of their skills in all of their glory. And it's going to blow people's minds. Yeah. That's fabulous. And and I, the are you, this is the kind of movie that I want to see. It's literally yeah. just like amazing, like high budget effects, but made on the independent, made in an independent film. It looks phenomenal. Uh, I also uh, I'm a sucker say, for practical effects. 
Uh, yeah, and I am I. Are we going to be able to it's see hard. Mania anytime soon also? Yes. Um, Mania is finishing up its festival run, so you're going to expect to see festivals for Mania up until the end of this year. I think we actually just announced today Starburst Festival in the U.K., we have the Genre Blast Film Festival coming up, as well as if you're in California, in the Los Angeles area, we're going to be doing Action on Film in August. There's a bunch more, so you can definitely pay attention to the pages. We are looking at going to distribution shortly after, and then we'll also start the festival around for Desolation, which was the other film that we shot while traveling cross-country. And then a big fun fact is that Kill the PA, which is our documentary portion of that. So if you're unfamiliar with what I did, I had an idea to make a movie while traveling across country with 10 filmmakers in an RV. And then we decided, well, let's make two movies, one on the way there, one on the way back. And then everybody told me it was crazy. So I was like, let me film the process for a documentary. And then we had so much great footage, we turned it into a docu-series. So it's going to be 16, 30-minute wow. episodes, chronologic, chronologic, our adventures in independent filmmaking, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the really fucking ugly. <laughs> An oh, well, honest look at independent filmmaking. I, I'm so looking forward to it. And thank you for giving us a quick call in, Miss Cameron. I'm so oh, my glad pleasure. you called in today. Thank you. And, and please, folks, find, look for Mania Distribution uh, coming up thank and you. on the local Facebook circuit. Truth of Dare is also her movie. Look for that as well. You can find that one pretty thank easily. You. There's lots of shorts all over the web. Look for her shorts. Um, and um, we're going to see her in front and behind the camera again very soon, I'm sure. So thank you, sweetie. Absolutely, Call back My anytime pleasure. you feel like thank it. You, will. We love you. Thank you, darling. I hope you guys have Oh, thank you. I hope you guys Thanks, have a Jessica. wonderful night. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. Bye. So go ahead and drop off because I can't really hang anybody up with this thing. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that was Miss Jessica Cameron, independent filmmaker and screen queen actress extraordinaire. So congratulations, girlie. She is so busy. I'm so delighted to hear that. So Erin, sorry about the interruption, but that was a surprise call. I kind of she talked about that was about a very cool surprise. Yeah, so she's near you, so maybe you should go to ScareCon LA, because it's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, you know, so so getting back to, um, because the first thing we talked about was was Archer was kind of a dud. Speaking of dud. The Archer live on a boat was kind of a dud, but the panel was But the panel was good, which which is great. I'm glad to hear that. But I wanted to say also that you actually saw what, people are calling a dud i want to know your honest opinion but a lot of people have come out of the killing joke screening which i know you went to uh disappointed or controversy don't talk about yeah. it too much. i kind of know what the controversy is but i want to know your take on it if you understand what i'm saying well you're absolutely right um it's well, the material is very controversial it was controversial when it was a book and then uh as uh, the filmmakers uh, said, uh, uh, Tim, the, the director, uh, actually said, we went and we made it more controversial. And, yes, they fucking very much did. Uh, I, I like what they've done for the most part. It doesn't completely hit the mark. But let's get one thing straight, right out of the box. It's Kevin Conroy the best goddamn Batman there ever was. And it's yeah. Mark Hamill, the best goddamn Joker, Joker there ever was. 
flat out. Yep. And they got the band back together. So that ain't a bad thing. And uh, it's Alan Moore, uh, the crazy fucking messed up genius of the comic book world. And uh, they very, they, they, they pay homage to Boland's art, which is I, nothing short of iconic. The word gets used too much, but it is. Uh, you, you, there are shots in this animated film that are straight out of the comic book, as they should be, because it was amazing. It, it put everyone's jaws on the floor uh, two decades, three decades ago when it came out. Um, not getting too much into school, haven't seen it. They add a lot on because the actual book itself would not be a long movie, and it would be mostly Joker and Batman talking at each other, which would make yeah. a lot of action. Uh, what they do add on makes they made the case for, and I buy it. Whether it works as well as they think it does, we could argue. And after you've seen it. I hope we do, because it's a discussion worth having. But I, I definitely think it's worth seeing. Uh, I enjoyed it for the most part. Natalie was having a horrible con day. We uh, missed a meal. Uh, we missed lunch. We've been tramping all over con all fucking day. And there was no air conditioning in the hall. You know, just us and 4,000 of our closest friends sitting out for a movie. She loved it. She was spellbound. So that should tell you something. Okay, well, and converse-wise, what everyone thought was going to be a bomb ended up being a huge hit. Uh, the Star Trek, Star Beyond, Trek Beyond premiere was yeah. brilliant. There was photos of yeah. the laser show on the web. I shared those, and uh, everyone came out of that going, yay! So tell me, Holy what was it about? Holy shit snacks. It's, uh, <laughs> as my friend said, we finally have a good Star Trek movie post the Star Trek cast. And it's true. Uh, I am not a fan of Abrams' two directed films, Star Trek and the aptly named Star Trek Into Darkness. Uh, <laughs> those stank on ice. They, they sucked time tit. Uh, and primarily the reason they sucked is because J.J. Abrams doesn't like Star Trek, as he has said himself. He said Star Trek was the thing the nerdy kids liked whereas everyone else liked Star Wars because it was a space opera. And Star Trek was too thinky and too intellectual. And that was what was missing from his films. He, he Abramized Star Trek, and it didn't work. Conversely, he Abramized Star Wars The Force Awakens, and I think it works better. But with this film, with Star Trek Beyond, he's given the reins over to Justin Lin. Justin Lin, uh, we all know from The Fast and the Furious, and yes... I was one of those cynics who was saying, great, now we're going to have the Fast and the Federation. But yeah. lo and behold, the boy pulled it off. It's a, it's a good film, plenty of action. You don't have to worry about that. But there's actually some big themes going on, and they're treated well. It's nothing too terribly deep. So, I don't so think anyone's going to teach. How is Simon Pegg's screenplay? I, it's a very good journeyman script. It pays homage where it should. There are a couple very meta moments that get the required laugh. There's a great one at the very, very end in the uh, credits, which uh, after you've seen it, we'll, we'll laugh and joke about. Uh, for the diehard Star Trek fans, there's, there's a little uh, a little meat for us. He, he throws us a couple bones. Um, but again, like 
Star Trek and Star Trek Into Darkness, I don't think you have to be a Star Trek fan to appreciate these. I think they're kind of written for people who don't necessarily like Star Trek. Certainly not as much as the diehards, which I consider myself one of. And me too. So, well, I'll, I'll go see it. I still have it. I have to catch up with that, and I have to catch up with Ab Fab, and there's a couple other films I'm missing out. Though I've been very good about catching up with lots of movies uh, recently. Like I said, last episode, uh, I saw The Invitation, which, by the way, does come out on Blu-ray um, on August 2nd if they don't have Instant Watch on Netflix. So I highly recommend The Invitation, especially if you live in L.A. Um, and my other friends who saw it, Bonnie, by the way, that live in LA said it is so LA it's it's ridiculous so um we're happy about that so um, should we talk about so, the exorcist uh it doesn't relate to scares it cares i mean i mean no uh, no Cindy i was just Con-Con? gonna say they, they they showed the pilot at comic-con and yeah that's uh, what i was gonna say uh go ahead yeah yeah it, it, it's starring gina davis and uh it, it looks like it could be interesting. Uh, I saw part of it, and it seems kind of like a reboot of the movie. Um, and I'm interested enough to check check it out. The big thing I think we really need to talk about from Comic-Con, a uh, thing that I'm most excited for, is the return of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah. Okay, yes. Please bring it. We're all ready. Uh, well, uh we we had the major reveal that MST3K is going to be on Netflix. On Netflix. Uh, yeah, baby. Um, I which, was a which little... is good and bad in, in some ways. But, uh, What's the bad? All right, and I get this. Some people were saying it's not that they – Netflix are just going to drop it all at once because that's how they do it on Netflix. That one of the yeah. reasons why Manistay was so exciting is you had to wait a week to watch the next one. What are they going to do <laughs> next? And and now you can just sit there and binge the fuck out of them. Uh, you yeah. know, so it's not a bad thing. It's just different, I guess. But you know, I I kind of like the anticipation of waiting. What are they going to show us this week? You know, <laughs> so you know. <laughs> but, so what what else are they talking about on the panel? Uh, we met the new pops, um, very funny guys who apparently uh, came up with Jonah Ray uh, in the comedy scene, and uh, Joel Hodgson made a big point of having Jonah choose his his new Crochet robot in Tom Servo, uh, and he wanted to be people that they, he trusted and that he could rely on. And uh, I think they both, actually, in addition to being uh, comedy stand-up guys uh, with him, uh, I think they'd worked on Community as well. And anyway, they seem really, really funny. Uh, I'm looking forward to them. I was a little uh, on the fence about Felicia Day as the new Mad, uh, playing uh, Dr. Forrester's, uh, and Mrs. Forrester's uh, uh, progeny, but um, I think she's going to pull it off. It, it, it looks like it's going to be good all the way around. Uh, we did learn that there are going to be some drop-ins from the old uh, Sci-Fi Channel days. Oh, uh, we're going to get Brain Guy and Bobo making guest appearances, so I'm kind of excited about that, too. 
but it just looks mm-hmm. on track and in good hands. And uh, even though Patton Oswalt wasn't here this time, for God's sake, Patton Oswalt as the son of TV's Frank, uh, it, it, the world can't be an all bad place if we get Patton Oswalt writing and acting on MST3K. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it, but of course I've been excited since he announced his Johnson album. I guess we're stuck in the 90s. MST3K is back. Abfab is back. Uh, you know, I, 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 I guess I've got to stop Pokemon Go. I got to. I guess I got to bust out my uh, Suzanne Vega records, right? So. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. element is uh, the, the Power Rangers. We're going to get a new Power Rangers. Yes. Supercharged, and kids are excited about it. Kids are excited about been... Power Rangers. What year is this? I have on our season three, I've already mapped out one of our episodes, and it is the Power Ranger episode in March. So so we are having a Power Ranger episode on Sexy, which is because of Brian Cranston. Uh, So, uh, but yes, so they were there too. Vikings was also there, um, has a panel. Uh, uh, Marvel did an amazing panel, supposedly, Holy and posted crap. it online afterwards. Very nice of them. The Doctor Strange um, trailer. Is that the trippiest, most psychedelic oh shit God. ever? Yeah, it's much better than the first trailer. Uh, and you also had the DC Comics trail, the, D- the DC Universe uh, Justice League trailer gave a surprise yeah. to real, a way early one. Uh, so, uh, that, and, and supposedly the Wonder Woman, uh, Gal Gadot did just, like rock the room. Um, you yeah. know, the entire, ju- the entire Justice League, I think showed up, which is no small feat to get all those people on stage. Right. <laughs> was it? Or, so, um, uh, so it, there was a lot of big shit happening at Comic-Con. Well, I'm at Scares That Cares, and my downtime, I'm actually looking at your Facebook page to see if you're posting anything, and I'm reading uh, SEC's unofficial fan blog, because they always have good shit on there about what's happening. Yeah. And and um, the cosplay was off the chain this year is all. My favorite was John Barrowman as Squirrel Girl. <laughs> Did, have anybody seen that photo yet, guys? Yep. Uh, I liked the Chewy's Angels. Did you get to see the Chewy's Angels? It was like three pastel Wookiees, pastel colored Wookiees. Yes. That, that was they, last they, year. They did that last no, year. No, that, that came out. Yeah. Oh, they must have done and, it two years in a row then because it was in the 2016 and, day three photos. Well, there is another girl that was in pink. Someone had the audacity to put them in Comic-Con cosplay fail, which I don't get at all. I loved those girls. They were. Awesome. I thought they were great. Uh, what, what's I the watched, tale about that costume? I don't get it. Uh, I, I have Karen no idea. Strong. Did you see that? One of my favorites this Harley year was Quinn? Darth Trump, who Darth, uh, Trump. Darth Trump promises to make the galaxy great again. Uh, <laughs> I'll post him. Uh, we, we also had uh, uh, Cholo Fett, who was rocking it kind of hard. I'll post <laughs> him too. Um, also, I found uh, some scary clown swag, believe it or not. Yay! I have I have tons of photos of swag that I'm about to post, and uh, amongst everything else, Eli Roth's scary clown. Uh, I got a set of buttons for that. Who knew? Yeah. Nice. And of course, so I picked cool, up cool. extra because I figured you're going to need them for something. I don't know. 
Well, maybe. And, and there's a scary mm-hmm. con contest coming up, is there? I don't know. So, uh, uh, so that's how. Oh, 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 and we have to mention American Gods. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. yes, Neil Gaiman. American Gods with <laughs> yes. the motherfucking most amazing cast ever looks fucking awesome. It looks amazing. Good. Yeah. I'm excited. That's Neil Gaiman, right? Yeah, that's yeah. Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Aaron, did you hear anything but, about Lucasfilm's um, Valerian and City of a Thousand Planets? It's supposed to be like a spiritual successor to Fifth Element, speaking of resurgence of the 90s. Yes, there was right? a huge hit with Luke Besson. Yeah, he had like his yeah. Is, it, yeah, he had, or Fifth Element. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. That panel was really, really good, supposedly. So. And uh, you, from what I heard, I didn't get in to see it, uh, but from what I heard, it's big and sprawling. And operatic, yeah, and yeah. yeah. That's why he did, he was he was asked to do it before, and they, and instead he did Fifth Element because that had I don't know like a hundred or two hundred effects. This has like something like twenty seven hundred effects or something. So I read what they showed was just you know simple and you know, um, you know practical effects and normal interaction, but um, <laughs> it really looked like a spiritual successor to Fifth Element, and people are very excited. I, I'm down. I, I haven't seen anything I by him that I wasn't. Firmly excited about. You actually reminded me of another point. Uh, for uh, Star Trek Beyond, it being the 50th anniversary, uh, they created mm-hmm. 50 new races for the film. So keep wow. your eyes open. A lot of different things popping up. Yeah. Wow. It, it's you it's uh, a big visual film. Uh, I saw it on the IMAX thing. In fact, uh, the showing I went to was, I guess, the first outdoor IMAX they ever did. And oh. it was impressive. That sounds cool. So you also yeah. got to shot, shoot some. My my daughter at Scares of Cares went on a zombie hunt on Sunday and had a great time. I also heard that you went on a zombie hunt at, at San Diego Comic Con on a boat and had a great time, right? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Fear I went the on Walking board Dead. The Abigail for Fear of the Walking Dead. Uh, they had quite the nice little setup. They uh, borrowed someone's yacht and made it all Abigailed out. And uh, there were all kinds of little challenges to do. Uh, the fun part, I think, of that whole thing was every time you did a challenge, a little puzzle, they asked you, what do you do? You, uh, my favorite was they give you a little plastic machete and uh, or cleaver and three lines in front of you. And the lines are supposed to be attached to uh, boats that you're, the Abigail is dragging. And you have to decide who you cut loose. And uh, you lose... Uh, supplies and uh, food for each bad decision you make and you gain food and supply. And at the end, uh, they tally up our scores and uh, I ended up being alpha dog (laughs) of the bunch that I went with. Yeah. I guess I was was ruthless enough, so there you go. Well, you know, you're you're just a softie. What can we say? Zombie hordes will take over. So... Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, we probably should talk a little bit. I want to talk to Bonnie here one more time before we go for the night about Fantasia because she's going again. But I wanted to talk to you uh, about, well, obviously the shopping is exquisite at San Diego Comic-Con. Were you able to mm-hmm. score anything of your besides those buttons, like anything you're super proud of? What was your best haul item this year? Um, it, it was actually a pretty toy-centric Comic-Con. I did not get 
the big things that I really wanted. Um, Comic-Con has become more than ever before uh, a game of lining up. Friends of mine who wanted to get the Funko Pops were able to do so, but they got up at 4 a.m. to do so. And there's just no way you can do uh, the panels and the the fun things at night. One night, um, the the actor who plays Hodor uh, did a a rave of thrones. He's a DJ in real life. And uh, I had friends who went to that. Yeah, yeah. And it apparently was off the hizzy because he had people chanting, hold the door, hold the door. (laughs) I would have given my eye teeth to be there and see that. Bonnie, but, you know, not only no is he a DJ, like he DJs gay raves for bears. Oh my uh, god! My first introduction, yeah. actually, my first introduction to the male, male, any male gay, um, you know, subset was the bear community. I have a, a friend from high school when he he came out, and then in a few a couple years after that, then he came out that he was a bear. We're like, what's a bear? He's like, well, <laughs> you know, my boyfriend's like. 60-something. He, he's like, my boyfriend was born in 1942. I'm like, that's when my daddy was born. He's like, that's why I wore a shirt to the airport that said, are you my daddy? And he knew who I was. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, people but like he, what they like, you know? Well, it's funny because, like, you know, he, I was reading this interview, and he goes, you know, you have this huge following in the bear community. He goes, cult following? Oh. That is my community. You know? yep. Yeah. Like, he is a big old bear. Bears are big. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. So that sounds like it was great to go. I would have totally gone to the Hodor Rave. Oh, oh God, God, I would have gone to the New York so, Minute. But, but my point uh, is, there's no way you can do that and get up at 4 a.m. and stand yeah. in line for seriously six, seven hours to try and get these toys. No, so I didn't no, get no. my gentle giant large action figure. I did end up scoring a bunch of stuff. Um, I got. The uh, 50th anniversary Star Trek Barbie Orion Slave Girl. Very proud of that. Oh, you um, that's awesome. Suicide Squad exclusive Hot okay. Wheel, which is pretty cool. In fact, all the packaging for Mattel is really, really cool. So I'll post pictures of that on the Sexy Witches page. Um okay. Got my friend, I'm surprised, no, one having, I'm surprised no one's having trouble with the slave girl. If we can't say fag, how come we can have a green slave girl? <laughs> well, actually, there have been a lot of people who said um, we shouldn't refer to Leia anymore as slave girl. We should yeah, refer geez. to her as uh, the hut slayer. The white is kind of badass. No, it no, is. No, 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 she's, still, she's, still, she's eventually, well, she's eventually the hut slayer, but, you yeah. know, early on, she's slave Leia. So. <laughs> well, Before I don't have happens, a problem with it either it's way. It doesn't you know? bother me either. That's why I pick on it. It just doesn't bother me. It doesn't no, me. and 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 my one of my favorite cosplayers that does she that they do D twenty three and they do San Diego Comic Con and all the other events there. The slave girl Leia, of uh, Disney princesses Scott girl. Yep. They always do this amazing fusion. Of, of of slave girl and Disney princesses, which is super super hot. <laughs> One of my favorite favorite Deadpool mashups of, of all time was Slave Dude uh, Deadpool. He, he oh. rocks the chainmail bikini. You know, props. <laughs> Give it up, man. Nice. Yeah. So Love it me. sounds like it was I, a I fabulous seen, time. I've seen the Sailor Moon Deadpool before. 
Yeah. That was pretty spectacular. There's actually some art uh, that I think they're imitating of that. And I did pick up the uh, variant cover of uh, (laughs) Deadpool V Gambit. The V stands for Versus. So I'm excited to read that. That's going to be fun, I know. Because I hate Gambit. I I loathe Gambit. Yeah, a lot of people detest him. They think he's like a little shit. They they really want to flick him off like a mosquito. God. Not only that, but they got one of the actors I hate most in the world to play him. So uh, there's going to be a film I really can avoid a lot. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll wait on that one. Um, I do want to mention a couple of things before we pull off the air tonight. First of all, obviously the elephant in the room, since all of us are here, uh, is Suicide Squad does drop on the 5th. So uh, here we are. It's here. Folks, my daughter walked by the marquee. There's this huge marquee in the theater of all of them standing there. It's life-size. And she goes, whoa. She looks at me and goes, that's cool. And she made a picture of her uh, in front of it. Um, uh, so it's here. And and so I actually have been looking forward to this film all year. And I don't know what me to too. feel about it now because I feel numb because the hype oh. is all there. But but I think it's going to be awesome, don't you guys? Queenie, you've been, yeah, what yeah. do you think about I know you've been looking forward to it. What makes you want to see this movie? Because I know we all want to see it. So. Well, I've always loved the idea of the Suicide Squad, you know, and I've, I've watched really good takes on it, and I'm hoping that they do a good job. But it's been kind of bumpy, the whole process of making this film. So I'm not sure. I'm just cautiously optimistic. Yeah. I want to see yeah. when it's not like she'll be not so, just like, the process of making the film, but like the whole DC universe has kind of been crap yeah. lately. Exactly. Well, mm-hmm. but, like you, you but I DC still have well, They're also <laughs> yeah. They're also yeah, looking more like crap because Marvel just has its shit together so tight. You know, you exactly. have to admit, Marvel exactly. has it together wow. so tight. And and where DC is, where DC was focusing for a long time was animation, and they're still they still kick ass with animation. That's for yeah, a, they they know, a lot of it. And they're great on that, by the way. And they're great the on television. Is good. Yeah, like, I, I, I would. I read one reviewer who posited that the reason DC has been so successful with their animated movies in the superhero genre, which is kind of over-inundated cinema right now, is because, yeah. obviously, animation is closer to comic book. And most of yeah. the live-action movies still try to have a foot in the real world. They, and, and, yeah. and for reasons like licensing and what have you, uh, Civil War being a great example, you can't have your characters in full-on costumes because characters are partially owned by this studio and da-da-da, something mm-hmm. else. I it learned something else really, really cre- incredible. What, what booth were we at when we learned that, uh, oh, yeah, we were at the Shout Factory booth uh, where, right. Shout hallelujah, Factory. Shout Factory has so much good stuff. I, I dropped a Benji there, and I don't regret a penny of it. Um, <laughs> uh, they had the And he's the not talking release. that scruffy dog from the 70s either. No, no, we're not. We are not. <laughs> um, but they had the pre-release of Buckaroo Banzai. And apparently, oh, yeah. on, on Blu-ray, oh, yeah, baby, you know I, I slept that <laughs> right up. But uh, apparently there's a documentary on there that they had to cut the fuck out of because of the upcoming Hi. series, which I guess we should also talk about what came out at Comic-Con, 
was um, my friend uh, Mr. Smith said, yeah, he's pretty damn close to having a buyer, and it might be Netflix, or it might be Amazon Prime. Hmm. But in any event, we're going to get a Buckner Buys series, and this documentary, which is a long-ass thing on the the special features, featured stuff that said, yeah, we would rather you not mention that because it might actually apply to future episodes. But while I'm standing talking to them at the booth, the thing that slays me, the factoid they drop on me that just drops me on the jaw, uh, the country of France had owned the rights to Buckaroo Banzai at one point. (laughs) Because the the guy who owned it, his company went belly up in France, took it over. So the nation of France owned Buckaroo Banzai. (laughs) How fucking weird is that? Which is perfect, of course, (laughs) for Buckaroo Banzai. It is. Yeah. Across, across mm-hmm. the eighth dimension. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll bring you back. Somebody who went away. All right. Everyone's back online now. <laughs> Someone dropped and is back. So we're all back here. Uh, so, uh, <clears throat> what was I? I actually, when you mentioned Bruxy Rubansby, it led me to one thing, and I just can't remember what it was now. Oh, my God. Um, but it's. Sound, uh, there's this uh, somebody I'll go to San Diego Comic Con. Uh, I did want to mention with Suicide Squad. I do think we have, we're all going to end, end up seeing it, but I also wanted to mention uh, a couple other things that you know. Uh, what was I going to mention? Because we're not going to do a full uh, high rise. Also, uh, Ben Wheatley's movie drops on Blu-ray on the second of August, and I wanted to make sure I mentioned that because um, that's Ben Wheatley, who's one of my favorite directors right now. He's doing a lot of weird stuff. Uh, Sightseer, uh, uh, what was it, uh, Kill List, which is uh, this pagan film that's pretty cool, a horror movie. Mm. Um, uh, the, uh, a, a Field in England, which is just weird, but it's good. But High Rise is his first um, high, uh, big big budget movie. It stars Tom, Till, Tom Hiddleston, and it's supposed to be great. Uh, so look for that. Um, and The Lobster also drops on the second, which was the big uh, uh, oh, South yeah. by Southwest Darling. Uh, so that drops in. And also uh, out now, I wanted to make sure that folks that have instant watch know that Ex Machina finally drops on, on, on Amazon Prime for free. So if you have Amazon Fantastic. Prime, watch it. Right watch it. It was my number Fantastic. two film of last year. So yeah, I there was a big hub of. Yeah, there's a big hubbub in Fright Meter as to whether or not we were going to count it as a horror film. I'm like, it's fucking terrifying. The implications are absolutely terrifying. It is. was just not a fucking horror film. I hate how they are so exclusive on that. But anyway, that's another story. And, it, and, it, and it's always, and I get upset because it always comes back to sci-fi horror, which is a very, it's it's a very ignored subgenre anyway, and it's not, it's usually not done very well. It's it's so oh. wonderful. Because sci-fi so and horror are the, the, are the utmost to me. Yeah. But, it, uh, but, yeah. It's, but it's, it's ironic, too, because, you know, a lot of science fiction horror film was the norm in the 50s. That was kind of how you went with it, you know. Uh, yeah. Oh, but speaking yeah. of 50s and throwbacks and actually more of an 80s throwback, I've been watching Stranger Things. How many of us have been watching yeah. that? Holy I finished it with two yeah, yeah, I just so good and 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 oh, it better watch out it? because it's kind of it's kind of setting the bar for this homage, oh, you know, to does. Stephen King and this kind of you know, oh, yeah. um, Spielberg and 
Back to the 12-year-old, just like I said at the beginning, 12-year-old, being 12 is like magic. Everything exists. And they're, they're capturing that so beautifully and so perfectly. That, and and so. believe it or not, 12 years old is exactly when I found it. And it was the first horror movie I was absolutely Woo! obsessed with. <laughs> I watched it every single nice. day for like two weeks, sometimes twice that a day. Perfect. That is I mean, perfect. it was amazing. And you're right, it does. It, it, calls, it calls on Goonies a little bit, and it calls on E.T. Mm-hmm. and it. Yeah. A lot of, and a little yeah. bit Stand By Me, too. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And, we're, and we're all really like, oh, and you guys, is everyone, is everyone noticing that the girl looks like Will Wheaton? She's so cute. <laughs> she looks like Will Wheaton. I, I, kept, I thought she looked like She's Natalie so Portman adorable. and professional. I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely adorable, like tiny new Nat- mm-hmm. tiny new Natalie. <laughs> oh, and, it's and a great, one more thing, Queenie, to let you know that you should know about this also on because you watch Stranger Things, but also I know your husband happens to be a brownie, and My Little yeah. Pony season six is dropping um, this week on the thirtieth. So don't forget to put that cool. in your queue on Netflix. And so, is going to be yeah. a new pony. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we're not doing bronies this season, but Queenie's going to lead an anime talk on on one of the episodes coming up, an animated August. The other one's going to be Stop Animation. Uh, and uh, the ninth is our next episode. And then the 23rd, which also happens to be my birthday. So we'll have an animation talk on my birthday. Uh, and I wanted to finish reminding people that Trauma Dance also starts this weekend. Um, Guillermo del Toro's book signing at LACMA in L.A., the uh, modern art. This Friday. Um, this and Friday. they just announced that uh, that mm-hmm. after the signing, there's going to be a screening of The Devil's Backbone with Guillermo oh. actually introducing it. Wow. Good night. Nice. So many good things are <laughs> happening this year. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, amazing. Oh, it's before well, we got completely away from first. sci-fi horror, I did want to mention, because we were talking about upcoming television shows and everything, has anybody seen the extended Westworld trailer? Oh. No. No, but now yeah, I'm really excited for Westworld. Me too. And they, ha- they, ha- they had a presence at Comic-Con, I believe. I thought I saw something They did. It. They did. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, I just wanted to make sure we caught us on some things. We're not reading the whole Comic-Con, a whole, my whole calendar tonight, because, like I said, don't forget ScareCon LA. Aaron, I think you might have one more con in you before you pay her out. You want to go see go see <laughs> Elvira for us? See if she'll get on, you know. Uh, I, 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 you know I she's going to be in Pasadena. I think that's totally worth the trip. Yeah, so and and if her and then Queenie um, on the fourth Gen Con, you're not going this year, but you know a lot of fuck about it. And I'm sure the Pokemon Go is going to be fabulous at Gen Con. Oh man! So tell us really quick about what Gen Con is about and how long it's going to be, and you know, just give us a brief what's happening because that would normally have been my pick of the week is to go to Gen Con, the largest gaming convention in the world. It's a great place to go. Uh, if you like any kind of games, like board games, uh, LARP like I do, you like cosplay, you like, you know, rolling some dice and playing some dwarves or, like, you know, elves and shit, you can do everything at Gen Con. <laughs> it's a geek paradise. And, like, the dealer's room is the most dangerous place in the whole entire con because you want <laughs> everything. And it's all really expensive. But... Mm-hmm. 
but you get some really great garb, you know. If you're into, like, pirating, you can get some pirate crap. Um, like, everything from, like, model handguns that they use, you know, like pirates use. Like, the one-shot kind of things. I can't remember what they're called. Um, anyway, you can get anything for your costumes. You can get anything for your games. You can learn about new games that you've never, you know, heard of before. You can play a silly board game with a bunch of geeks, or you can go and talk to some people like Will Wheaton tends to visit Gen Con. Will <laughs> Apparently. Oh, Will well, Wheaton. I love to sit around. I would play oh. any nerdy I love my friend, my friend Sutton met him and played a game with him. They sat down and they played a board game together. Oh, he's the oh, coolest God. guy. He's so down to earth. Look cool. Yeah, and he, That's awesome. He's really fun. So, Queenie, so, are yeah, you like, playing Pokemon Go? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. I, I don't get time for another game like that. Um, my husband is <laughs> playing Pokemon Go. Yeah. <laughs> he loves that well, shit. <laughs> I already walk like two and a half miles a day with my job. Maybe I should just upload it because I know yeah. there's Pokemon in the stacks. So, you know, I don't know how they get in there. It's a government installation, but there's Pokemon Go in our building, supposedly. Uh, NASA so, confirmed uh, the ISS has no Pokemon. I just think yeah. that. Yeah, they test in space. There's no Pokemon in space, that's for sure. So, in space, no right, one can okay. hear you Pokemon. We're about to go for the night, so I'm going to bleed it off with Bonnie. I'm going to let you finish up really quick. Um, Bonnie, you're going to see Fantasia uh, the last – because Fantasia is a four-week festival up in Montreal. It's huge. And it you is. are going to the last weekend. So what are you yeah. about to do? Well, I'm going to see a few, but I want to say real quick, because somebody mentioned Guillermo del Toro and a signing and The Devil's Backbone. Um, he made his first appearance. It, he's something that I missed when I went last, well, not last weekend, but the weekend before, the first weekend I went. And Guillermo del Toro was there um, accepting the Cheval Noir Award. It was his first appearance at Fantasia, but he was so excited to be there. He knows all about Fantasia. He knows all about this. He knows it's been 20 oh, years, yeah. and he's been watching this. And he, he called it a shrine. He said, this is a shrine. This is where the faithful come to pray. So this is why I am here. He's just fantastic. Aww. Yeah, I and that sounds it, so. awesome. And and I yeah. was going to mention that we talked about his book signing, but there's actually an exhibit opening at the Modern Art Museum in L.A. Oh. with uh, with his actual collection from his house. So uh, yeah, you know, uh, and it runs through the 27th of November. So there's time to see it. I'm sure, Aaron, you're going to go see it at some point, right? Yep. I would hope so. So please go see it. And 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 anything we want to film for me. So what else, Fantasia? What, are, what movies are you going to see uh, this coming well, up? Coming up this weekend. With this weekend, I've got my eyes on um, this little movie. Um, I don't know how little it is. Actually, it's a movie called They Call Me G from Italy. And it's it seems to be it's about a guy that just kind of wakes up and he's a superhero. But it's rooted huh. in something. I forget what it's. I forget now. It's It's from some comics that I think that were embraced by Italians from another culture a while ago or whatever. It's it's like some resurgence of that. I can't get into it. I apologize for that. But, you know, a guy just kind of like all of a sudden becomes a superhero and then he has a, ch a chick that's helping him out and she's like, you you know, you, you've got to like rein it in. You're a superhero now. you got to like get your shit together. So that looked really interesting. And um, just, you know, normal guy becomes a superhero and then, you know, what happens? And then, um, let's see... Um, I'm going to something called HK2, The Abnormal Crisis, which is a sequel to 
Hentai Kamen, the masked pervert. Um, that oh, screened at Fan- It screened at Fantasia. The first one screened at Fantasia in 2013. It's about, um, it's a masked superhero. His, his mask is actually like ladies' underwear. And he wears uh-huh. very, very like tiny little garments. And he'll run around and fight crime, but in between do these little pirouettes and these little, you know, like... <laughs> kind of stances and stuff, and it looks it looks seriously just like hilarious. So I thought I might go see that. And um, Train to Busan, everyone's hearing about Train to Busan, the zombies on a train film from South Korea. That's supposed to be absolutely awesome. So I'm gonna try to oh, see that. Right. Um, I really want to see that. It's that. it's like kind of earlier on Sunday when I'm there, but I want to see it. And then there's a sm- looks like a smaller film, but sometimes I'm drawn to these little weird small quirky men's kind of like the Slender Man, you know. There's um this isn't a documentary, it's a feature, but it's called Another Evil, and it's a bit of like a comedy slash haunted house chiller sort of thing. Um, you know, these people move into a place and and it, they have a vacation home and there's a ghost there. They they have someone come and do an initial you know look over and that that person gives them the the advice you know it's a, it's friendly it's fine you know and and it would be a bad move to mess with it and then they bring in you know this second guy who ends up being you know the guy that they talk to through throughout the movie and when you watch the trailer it, it just I don't know it got across this sort of like uncomfortable embarrassing kind of like comedy that I really like you know like kind of Coen brothers in a way, like a person that's just really extreme and they just, they don't even realize that they're ridiculous. So he comes in and he's very, very heavy handed about removing the ghost. And then all of a sudden, I don't know how, but it says that it becomes not really about the ghost, but about other things that ensue. So that looked like it was going to get fun and out of hand. And I had my eyes on that. And then there's another Japanese one. I forget the name of that I um, had my eyes on, but yeah. And and actually, well, I will be meeting with Patricia Chica, director Patricia Chica, for and for an hour to do a private lesson with and on you know mm-hmm. on yeah, it's going to be really fun. She's fantastic. Um, I've I've known her since I did my hack stuff for mascara and popcorn um, in Montreal. And even though now she's not rooted in Montreal, specifically she lives in in California, but she still travels back to Montreal. She just got done filming um, the morning after a, a movie there, and um, I got to find the time to meet up with her and you know have a have a bite and have a say and have a session, and that'll be fun because she she teaches this sort of acting through um, m- you know moving and dealing with energy. So I'm, I'm interested in how she's going to show me how, her take on that. And there are two tiny little roles that I'm getting ready for right now. So. Fabulous. So, so we are, that's it. We're out of time, Sexy Witches. We filled up two hours with just us gabbing. Can you imagine that? Even though we did have callers. <laughs> totally imagine and we still that. have, that we still have so much more we could say. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, we could continue this, and we probably will. Uh, so I want to thank first Jessica Cameron and Michael Darwin for calling in. That was Ooh. wonderful to hear from both of them, and Aaron mm-hmm. and Bonnie, of course. 
Uh, thank you for calling in our, our normal, regular correspondence. And, of course, thank you, Queenie Todd, for calling in as usual, and also Erin Marie, of course. And thank you for coming with me, too, Scares It Cares. Thank you again, Scares It Cares, and everybody there. And if I didn't say your name in person, no, I loved you. Um, Atomic Costin, we missed you. I told you that. I'm really glad that we had the conversation because they couldn't make it because the lightning caught their house on fire and my favorite teacher company oh my couldn't God. make it suddenly. Yeah, so uh, we missed you guys. Um, and uh, just to remind you, our next show will be the ninth. It's the beginning of Animation Audits. Our two subjects this year will be Stop Animation and also uh, Anime. I might go to Otakon in Baltimore this year and cover that for the show. Uh, and uh, we also have Burlesque Dancers in September and The Madness coming up as well. Uh, and uh, last but not least, I'm going to leave you tonight with the rest in peace. One of my favorite people passed on yesterday, and I wanted to give a brief shout-out and play, and she's going to play us out tonight. Uh, a lot of people know about voice actors, all, Eleanor Audley and June Foray. Well, the third person in that uh, triumphant is uh, Marnie Nixon, who is the voice yeah. actor who did most of the singing voices for most of the musicals in the 60s, and that included Natalie Wood in West Side Story and Audrey Hepburn in My Star Lady, and which also yep. both, by the way, we're both Best Picture winners, and Audrey Hepburn won the Oscar that year. No, she didn't. She didn't. She didn't win. She was nominated for the no, Oscar. No, Julie it Andrews actually, did for Mary Poppins. It actually went to Julie Andrews. Mary Poppins <laughs> was, ironically, she was in Mary, My Fair Lady on Broadway, which has always been one of my favorite things in the world. But Mary, My Fair Lady is an amazing song, uh, movie. And even though some of the Audrey Hepburn singing works, not all of it did, so they replaced it with Marty Nexon. And so we're going to leave you with that. Rest in peace. She died at 86 years old. We'll never be able to replace Marty Nixon. She was an amazing woman. And here it is with one of my favorite songs of all time, My Fair Lady, Dance All Night. Thank you, sexy witches, and blessed be in Goodfield Hunting. Have a good evening, everybody. Bye-bye. Blessed be. Bye-bye. It actually will play. <laughs> I'm, it's in my playlist. We're still here, everyone. Okay, let's sing together. <laughs> I could have danced all night. I could have Everything is awesome. No.
Then a song. 